before we start today's episode, we have a call-in from Jason at Nerds RPG Variety Cast that I would like to play for you guys and answer. Hey, Jason here. Don't do what you can do. Take care of your family. That comes first. We love the shows. I can only speak for myself. I love the shows, but I totally understand. Trust me, my schedule goes up and down, and I, you know, sometimes I'm dead on twice a week, and sometimes more than that, sometimes less than that. I appreciate dedication. Do what you can do, but take care of your family first. This is a hobby, and, you know, we all understand that real life gets in the way. Keep up the great job. Really enjoying the show, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Jason, for taking taking the time to record record this message and send to me. And yes, uh, you're right. This is this is just a hobby, and one I love doing. Yes, but as you said, family family needs to come first. Um, but I hope that I will be able to keep the biweekly release at least, and. I also want to say that it makes me really happy to hear that you enjoy the show and enjoy listening to <laughs> me droning on and playing this game. So yes, uh, thank you very much for, for the call and thank you for being so understanding about my situation. And I think that with this, we are going to start the episode. Welcome to Saps Quest, a solo RPG actual play podcast. I am your host, GM and solo player Zap, and this is my quest. podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sap's Quest. Last time we saw Hex, he was deep inside one of the vaults that he is exploring and he had just found a biodome that was all broken down and inside he found a body and the important part here is that this body was from a human uh, at least as far as Hex can see and Cory doesn't contradict him so it most likely is some sort of human being that died in here. How he died we don't know however we do know that the body is missing all of its squishy parts from the inside. There is no lungs, there is no heart, there is no squiggly bits and all those things. <laughs> uh, but why they're gone, uh, we don't know yet, but we might figure that out during the episode. We will see, the dice will tell us. Uh, but yeah, that's basically what happened last time. Well, a lot of things happened the last time. We fought some jellyfish and other things as well, but that's where we ended the episode. But before we continue, here is a quick update on Hicks and his stats. 
Uh, first of all, we have had some insane luck with some really good rolls and strong hits uh, all over the place. Uh, we have burned some momentum to get them, but still, it's been it's been great. Uh, so Hicks is actually looking pretty good. He got a momentum of four. His health is at five. His spirit is at five, and his supply is at five. So he is maxed out on all those three, which is great. Um, when it comes to the vows, the current vow uh, exploring the vault is currently at two. Uh, okay, so only two full boxes. So there is still a lot of exploring to do before we finish in, before we can finish this. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what we find and also what this vault was actually used for and who made it. Okay, we probably won't find out who actually made it, but it would be cool if we did. Anyway, that's where we are at, and I think it's time to jump right back into the story. So, as we return to the vault, we can see Hicks. He's standing beside the body, and I think he's going to kneel down to take a closer look at the actual uh, suit. And I think that when he looks around, he can see a name tag on on the shoulder of the suit. And it's old and it's dirty and grimy and all those things. So he takes his finger and he rub it gently to get the worst of it out of the way. And as he does so, a name emerges from the dirt and it says Steph. And I think that this means that it's time to get to know a little bit about Steph. Who is Steph? Where did Steph come from? And what the hell is she doing here? Oh, I guess it's a she, because Steph, but I don't actually know. It could be Stefan. So I'm going to ask the Oracle about that as well. So let's go learn a little bit about Steph. First question, is Steph a female I don't know so let's say 50 50 24 so yes Steph is a female so now we come to a little bit of a problem because she's dead and we can't really figure out anything about her disposition and her goals or anything like that all the things that you usually roll on the character generation in Starforged so the only thing we can really do is we can roll for character role and see if maybe that gives us a clue about what she was doing here. I uh, could just ask the Oracle about these things, but I I feel that this is a gather information move because Hicks is trying to figure out who this Steph is and what she was doing here and who she was before she died. So I'm going to roll a gather information and let's see what happens. So to gather information, you roll on wits, and sadly, we only got a two wits, but here we go. That's a six on the action die, and a nine and a two on the challenge dies for a weak hit. And on a weak hit, the information provides new insight, but also complicates your quest. Envision what you discover, and then take plus one momentum. So our momentum goes up to five. And I think that we should first figure out a little bit about Steph before we see what complicates the quest. Because 
Honestly, I can't come up with anything right now, so let's first figure out who Steph was. First of all, I'm gonna ask the Oracle about Steph's character role. Because that's basically all we can ask the Oracle about her uh, right now. So, here we go. 65. 65 means that she is a pirate, or she was a pirate before she died. And that made me think that perhaps we were mistaken and the corpse is not actually as old as we thought. So I'm gonna ask the Oracle, has the body been here for more than, say, 100 years? 50-50. Uh, Eight, so yes, it's been here for longer than 100 years. So it's, it's, it's pretty old, okay. Uh, that explains why it's all mummified and stuff. And, but how do we know that it, that she was a pirate? I guess that on the spacesuit there is some sort of insignia like, you know, the old school Jolly Rogers skulls and bones, but probably with a more uh, futuristic design, but still the apparently intergalactic uh, insignia for pirates. And I think that's actually all we can figure out right now. Um, so Steph was a pirate about 100 years ago and somehow she died in the vault um, in this derelict uh, broken down biodome. But I think that this means that we're actually going to mark some progress on what happened to my people. So that's the first tick, uh, not even a box, just a little tick on what happened to my people, the legacy vow that we started out with. So Hex has learned that humans were around at least a hundred years ago, give or take. Uh, so I think that gives him a little bit of hope that maybe there are still more humans out there somewhere. He just needs to find them, which turns out to be a little bit easier said than done. Anyway. I still don't know how this information will complicate my quest. Hmm, I think I need to ask the Oracle about that. I know I've been asking the Oracle a lot, a lot right now, but I just don't feel anything. Nothing comes to me how this will complicate the quest. So let's uh, roll on the scripter. 90 stolen and focus 74 settlement stolen settlement that doesn't give me anything did she steal a settlement oh wait 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 I know I know I know I know I know okay so she I don't think she actually stole a settlement, that makes no sense, but I think she stole something from a settlement. And I think it was something of great importance. And because it was over a hundred years ago, I think it was some sort of artifact, because I think she still has it with her. And I think that Hex actually finds this artifact on her. And now you might ask, how does finding this artifact complicate his quest? And you know what? I'm gonna tell you. Hicks, 
kneeling down beside the body and he takes a look at the name tag and he sees the pirate insignia and he starts to pat down the body to see if he can find anything of interest and as he does so he finds a small shard of some sort it's silvery and very shiny and it seems to have escaped all the dirt and grime that otherwise covers this place and immediately Hicks is very much intrigued by this but he can't really say why he just knows that this must be important in some way so he looks over at Corey and he says hey Corey do you have any idea what this is and he holds up the shard for Corey to analyze Corey that was currently scanning the surroundings uh, hovers back to Hex and starts to analyze the, the little shard and he's he's uh, floating around it and looking at it from every angle and then he says According to my databases, that thing there is the Moonstone. It was a very very important artifact once upon a time in a little settlement not too far away from here. So I'm just gonna roll up a settlement name real quick. 72 Relic Well, that's rather convenient If my databases are up to date, and I hope they are The settlement was named Relic And it's actually named Relic because of this relic Because it was stolen a long time ago And to honor its memory, they renamed the settlement to Relic Organic life forms are pretty weird Hey, I'm an organic life form Well, yes and that sort of proves my point. Hex just shakes his head and then he says, So what you're saying is that this little shard, the moonstone you called it, was an artifact or a relic that was stolen from a settlement that then renamed itself Relic? Yes, and they've been looking for it for a hundred years or so. Well, I guess it's our duty to bring it back to them then. That would be a rather decent thing to do, I think. So, yes, we should probably do that. And with that, Hicks grabs a piece of cloth and he wraps up the moonstone in nice and snug and puts it in his pocket. And then he says, Alright, when we're done here, we'll get this back to the rightful owners. And it's time to swear another vow. So, first of all, we're gonna name this vow return the moonstone to its rightful owners and we're gonna give it a rank and we're gonna ask the oracle about what rank it's gonna have but the thing is that in starforged this oracle does not exist however in ironsworn the original rulebook uh, on page 190 you can find a oracle named challenge rank and we're gonna use that one to see what challenge rank this particular vow is gonna have so we roll 1d 1d100 that's a 45 which means that this is a dangerous vow which works pretty well for me not too complicated but not too easy either so we're gonna go with that and then all we need to do is actually swear the iron vow so we're gonna roll with plus heart Oh god, 
That's a 3 on the action die versus a 9 and a 10 on the challenge die for a miss. On a miss, you must overcome a significant obstacle before you begin your quest. Envision what stands in your way. Well, the most obvious thing that stands in our way is this vault. I think that we need to get out of here before we can actually start this vow. And I think that makes sense. However, I also think I'm going to do things a little bit more difficult because why the hell not? If you guys might recall, we rolled up a little creature that lived inside this broken down biodome and it was a spider, a water dwelling spider of some sort and I think that because of this miss and we have to overcome a significant obstacle. I think that this spider has been laying an ambush for us and I think it's going to strike. Because we rolled it up and hell if we're not gonna use it. So as Hex puts this little metal shard into his pocket and he tilts his head down and he swears this iron vow to get to get the artifact back to the rightful people, the pond next to him erupts in a huge splash of water and this huge spider with a ton of legs, big eyes, nasty pincers and other appendages made to murder people to death comes flying towards Hex. And I think that this means that we have to react under fire because we're not actually entering the fray because we are taken totally unawares and Hex is not he's not suspecting this at all so I would say it's a react under fire and we are going to we're going to use edge because uh, we are dodging and slash fleeing this situation because this spider comes flying towards him Hex looks up and he's like oh fuck and then he just jumps to the side as fast as fucking possible. So yeah, reacting under fire. Here we go. Nice. Okay, so that's a 10 on the action die versus a 4 and a 5 on the challenge dies for a super strong hit. Yeah. On a strong hit, you succeed and you are in control. Take plus one momentum. So that puts us at a six momentum and we are in control and we did not die, which is good. Hooray. And then, Cory, what the fuck? Weren't you supposed to scan this area for shit like this? Hey. I didn't know I was supposed to scan the water. You never said anything about that. When you scan an area, you scan everything. Stop complaining, or you can go and scan your own areas. You know I can't do that. I don't have any scanning apparatus built inside me. I know you don't, so stop complaining when I'm doing my job and let me just do my job. And as the spider is momentarily distracted, because it didn't expect that, Hex was gonna be that fast when he jumped away, so it's still trying to locate its prey that disappeared. 
and as it does that, Cory hovers over it and starts scanning it with all the bibbity bobbity sounds. And life complete! I don't know what sort of spider this is, but it is a spider, and spiders have exoskeletons, so you should probably fire your beaks into its eyes. Well, thanks for nothing, Cory. I know it's a spider, I know they have exoskeletons, and I know I should fire my beads into its eyes. Thank you. You're welcome. Ugh. And I think that's the cue for us to strike. But before that, we need to give this spider a rank. So I'm going to roll on the challenge rank from Ironsworn and see what we get. 25. That's a dangerous foe which is not too bad for us. We can probably handle that pretty quickly, so that's that's good. All right, let's uh, do the strike. So when you are in control and assault a foe at close quarters, roll plus iron. When you are attacking, when you attack at a distance, roll plus edge. And we are gonna uh, attack from a distance because we were able to jump away, or Hex was able to jump away. And we're also going to activate coin shot. Uh, so when you strike or clash, you can call upon your powers to push a coin or similar sized piece of metal. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so add plus one on a hit and plus momentum. Yeah, I almost forget about that part. Anyway, let's do the strike. Okay, so... <laughs> We rolled a 1 on the action die with a plus 3 for edge and plus 1 for uh, coin shot. That puts us at 5 versus a 1 and a 7 on the challenge dies for a weak hit. So on a weak hit, mark progress twice, but you expose yourself to danger. You are in a bad spot. Well, at least we can mark progress twice, which puts us at a 4 already, so that's not too bad. We can live with that. However, we are in a bad spot, so we will no longer have the opportunity to strike. Um, so what happens is that Hex brings out his beads and he starts running uh, to the side of the spider as the spider is thrashing around trying to figure out where the hell he went. And he aims his uh, he aims his uh, bead and he throws it up in the air and he pushes it with his strange powers and aims towards the spider's eyes and he's lucky so two of the beads actually hit and that's why we get the mark the progress twice. However, this also means that the spider now knows exactly where he is. Uh, it's blinded so it's enraged. And I think that because we are out in the open, the spider is just going to turn around and jump towards Hicks again. And that means that we now need to do a react under fire. Because I don't think that this is a clash, because we're not really fighting back. We're just trying to get the hell out of the, out of the way so we don't get crushed underneath this jumping spider. So when you're in a bad spot and take action in a fight to avoid danger or overcome an obstacle envision your approach and roll the thing is that we are trying to avoid danger or at least avoid getting crushed so we're gonna react under fire and i'm gonna dodge again because 
I don't think we're not gonna remain stalwart against the fear of or temptation. We're not gonna block because this is a big spider that's that's at least as big as Hicks himself. So I'm not gonna block or things like that. I'm not gonna move into hiding. Mostly because my shadow sucks. <laughs> and changing the plan, finding a way out, or cleverly bypassing an obstacle. I mean, that's a... That could be cool, but I don't think we have the time for that. Because this spider is literally jumping up into the air. And trying to land on top of, of Hex. So we are going to do the dodging with another plus edge. I really like edge because why the heck not? So, let's see what happens. Oh, this is really good. So we rolled a seven on the action die versus a five and a five on the challenge dice for a strong hit with a match. So on a strong hit, you succeed and are in control, take plus one momentum. That puts us at a 7 momentum, so that's not too bad. And we are also in control. And we do like being in control, because being in control means that we can strike. We do like that. So anyway, I think what happens is that Hex uses his ability, the coin shot ability, to push away on one of the metal beads that are stuck into the spider's eyes. So. He jumps up into the air, he pushes uh, with all his might into this bead, which means that because he is lighter than the um, than the spider, he's actually pushed away. So he uses this as a dodge move to get out uh, from under the spider and get into a more favorable position. And as he lands, he probably do some fancy back rolling and grabs one of the beads or a handful of beads and once more he tries to aim for the eyes and he strikes using edge and coin shot here we go so that's a 10 on the action die versus a 2 and a 10 on the challenge dice for a weak hit that's stupid 10 well anyway on a weak hit you mark progress twice but you expose yourself to danger and are back into a bad spot but marking twice on the progress puts us at an 8. Yeah, on an 8. So I think we're actually ready to do the thing. Take decisive action. But before we can do that, we still have to face danger one more time. Because of the weak hit from the strike, we are in a bad spot. And you do not want to be in a bad spot when you do take the decisive action. So, and the spider is going to attack, definitely, because it's probably very pissed off right now being f shot a couple of times. So, uh, before we do anything else, we are going to react under fire one more time. And we're lucky once more. Woohoo! I like being lucky. So, that's a six on the action die because our. I probably forgot to say that we're using Edge. We're always using Edge because we are a very sneaky guy. No, we're a very fleeting guy and we dodge around like crazy. So with the plus three from Edge, we are at a six on the action die versus a five and a four on the challenge die for a strong hit. So 
We succeed, we are in control, and we take plus one momentum. And with the plus one momentum, we land at an eight. So we're starting to reach the maximum amount once more. And we can't really complain about that, can we? So, well, we have a ton of good dive rolls. And I must admit that I'm starting to get really scared. <laughs> we haven't had that many misses, if I remember correctly. And a few weak hits here and there. And we have burnt momentum a few times to, to turn misses into uh, strong hits or even weak hits. But I don't think we have actually had that many misses. Perhaps uh, Hex is just very, very lucky. Or perhaps Rolo is simply loving me. Anyway, let's get back to the story. So Hex now back in control after he dodged away and fired yet again uh, towards the spider. Uh, the spider is not really bright enough to understand that this meal is not worth the hassle. And I think the spider is basically acting out of rage. It doesn't think clearly, so it just keeps uh, rushing and jumping and trying to crush Hex under uh, under itself. And we haven't seen any webs in this uh, biodome, so that's why that's that makes me think that the spider is not actually capable of spinning webs. Because um, if it was able to spin webs, we should have seen them all over the place. And also, it's water dwelling normally, so. I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it's a web weaving spider. Did I use that right? Web weaving. Web weaving spider. Yeah, it sounds right. So I think its primary uh, attack pattern is ambushing, jumping up, and trying to bite whoever uh, the prey is. But because of the situation here and the failure to actually do the ambush, uh, it's confused and. After it got hit a couple of times, it's it's enraged and doesn't really know how to handle the situation, and that's why it's acting so honestly stupidly. But I think it makes sense, so I'm definitely gonna go with this, and I'm not gonna retcon all of this uh, anyway. So it is what it is. Now Hicks is in a perfect position to take decisive action. And I think that he's gonna pull out his blade and he's gonna rush towards the spider. He's gonna jump up and he's gonna drive this blade right into the skull of the spider to finish it off. And we are currently at an 8 in the progress, so we're gonna roll uh, against 8. Here we go. That's a 4 and a 2 on the challenge dice, so we have a strong hit. So on a strong hit you prevail, you take plus 1 momentum. And we win the fight, because there's nothing else we can do here. Because there's no more spiders, uh, as far as we know. However, I do think that even though we won this um, encounter, I still think that Hex is a little bit on the edge now. And I think he suggests that... Hey, Cory, that was one hell of a fight. I suggest we get the fuck out of here. And Cory spins around a few times, and then he says... Yes, I think this is a good idea. I don't think there's anything more we can do in here, and if there's any more spiders, I think it's better we're not here when they wake up. And with that, they grab their things and they move out. 
And that's where we're going to end this session. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And feel free to leave a review, uh, like, share, subscribe, uh, do all those things. And please spread the word. The best way to grow the channel and help me keep going is to spread the word and tell your friends and family and anyone that might enjoy the show. And with that, thanks once more. And I hope to see you in the next one. Thank you for listening. If you like what you have heard, share this pod with anyone and everyone. Feel free to subscribe to the show in any and all podcatchers. Leaving a review is also very much appreciated. If you wish to get in contact with me, you can find me at sapsquest at gmail.com. Music by Diego Suarez and Tabletop Audio. Rolo's blessing be upon you and may your dice forever be in your favor.